When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Auburn Express. What's up and good morning, War Report family. It's your guy, Ike Jones. We are here with another morning drop. Per usual, Coach Hugh Freeze addresses the media on Mondays. And per usual, we're here to react to it today on Tuesday's morning drop. Y'all know how we do right here, War Report style. Let's drop it on. Now, now listening, listening to, to the Wall of Morning drop. It is Tuesday, October the 24th. We are here. Ike Jones, Mike G in the building. Sure. Talk a little bit about Auburn football. Again, Coach Hugh Freeze addresses the media ahead of the Mississippi State game. Before we get into the conversation, please do the necessary. That's sharing the video. Get some more people involved in the conversation. The comments are wide open this morning. No restrictions. Come on in here. Let's talk about it. Like the video if your thumb allows that, or if you're on the computer, I guess your pointer finger clicking. I don't know. However you decide to click on the mouse, make that happen right now. If you are listening to this on podcast, please do us a favor and give us a five-star review. Go ahead and share that podcast with someone. Make sure that they can hear the great stuff that we have coming out here on the War Report. Uh, but let's get into the conversation, Mike G. You were there present to hear Coach Hugh Freeze address the media and talk a little bit in retrospect now that he's had an opportunity to look at film from the game versus Ole Miss and talk a little bit, project forward about what's going to be happening versus Mississippi State. Before we get into specific comments that he had, any thoughts on what you heard from Coach Hugh Freeze yesterday? Uh, You know what? I think he did his best to try to sound upbeat. Mm. I mean, look, you, you opened with Texas A&M, loss, right? Uh, Georgia, loss, LSU, loss. Ole Miss lost four straight SEC losses. Mm-hmm. Um, now, this was going to be a tough stretch. It was. Uh, I thought maybe, you know, I counted Ole Miss as a toss-up. Um, so the loss doesn't surprise me. Uh, LSU had a loss column. Georgia, obviously, a lot of people had a loss column. So realistically, most people were expecting a three-loss stretch at the very least. Mm-hmm. Maybe not a four loss stretch. You know, you thought you think maybe Auburn gets at least one of these four. Right. Um, but the way they've looked in these losses offensively is is what is irking most people. And that's what the majority of the questions that these pressers are centered around. It's right. hard to find fault in a defense that is holding SEC opponents under 30 points. Yeah. <laughs> it's really hard. It's difficult. So uh, if they're doing that, um, your offense should be able to put up at least 21. And it just isn't happening. So uh, they have not exceeded the 21 point total so far in SEC play. uh, And Coach Freeze had to answer some questions about it. Yeah, I mean, and listen, this is the same kind of song and dance that we've had for years now, right? This is this predates Coach Freeze. This predates Brian Harson, Mm -hmm. an offense that is been incapable of against quality opponents to put up more than three touchdowns Uh, something that's a little frustrating to see but he did as you stated try to inject some optimism you so here's the thing that you fundamentally can tell from listening to coach freeze when he doesn't feel as if Auburn has the talent to compete in the game, he's not going to sugarcoat. Hey, listen, I don't think that we're as talented as those other guys. You didn't hear him say that about Mississippi State. Let's be clear. Now, he talked about how they're able to create havoc on defense, but not one time in this presser did you hear him say uh, anything about a talent disparity in this game. You didn't hear him say that. Yeah, uh, the talent disparity is not why they lost. Um, and I, think, I mean, I'm just saying he didn't say it though. I mean, right, whether it's right. the reasoning or not, I'm saying right. that you didn't. That that should not be a post game commentary. Is you know, hey, they got a lot of talented guys on the other side of that. Game. Yeah, You're not gonna I, hear that. 
I think that he's starting to get the message about how that sounds. I just don't think he believes it for this game. He didn't say it. Yeah, I I mean, maybe, but uh, like, uh, uh, it's got to be one of those things. I I don't, you know, the talent gap message has been more about trying to get patience from fans in terms of recruiting and catching the program up to the other programs, which obviously they have to do. Mm -hmm. Um, But just because something is true doesn't mean you have to say it. And sometimes it's not always true. So like you said, maybe he didn't believe it for this game because it wasn't true. Uh, uh, Either way, um, they, in my mind, got more data they can use to try to move this thing forward. That's not, I know... (laughs) We're over the halfway point of the season. It is not too late to turn this season around. Absolutely, it's not. You can can still still salvage this season, get a winning Mm -hmm. record. You can still go to a bowl game. You can Mm -hmm. still be above 500 even, right? Like, it doesn't have to be six and six. But what does that mean, right? Seven wins salvages the season, right? Uh, I mean, seven wins more than salvages the season. If somehow you, you go on the crazy run and you pull out eight, even better. I think that will be even better for your recruiting Telling people you don't have talent. Win. Win with the talent that they already know you have that's lacking. Yeah. And you will get even more talent. And God will bless you with even more talent. (laughs) (laughs) To tutor. That listen, that's that's what the principle says. You know what I'm saying? If you do work with what you have in your hand, then you get a little bit more. That's how it works. That's how how it's always worked. So I'm looking forward to seeing what they do, um, how they pivot. Um, you know. In one of the clips, um, I don't think we have that clip, um, but he did. He was asked about QB Mm -hmm. and he did say. That. He's it's, you know, Robbie, Robbie has a place Mm -hmm. and he's wondering if that place is every down. Yeah. Well, and that I think this is the first time this season that he's ever intimated that because prior to this, it was always he'll always have a package. And right. then he did, you know, say that there's a pot. That's the first time I think he's even opened the door to the possibility that yeah. he could have an every down situation for Robbie Ashford. Yeah. Yeah. So or, or at least the I most still, downs. <laughs> listen, I, I still fundamentally want to know what the plan is for holding Gurner though. Like I just, I don't know that holding Gurner's ever gotten a legitimate shot and there's no reason why seven games into the season, he hasn't at least been groomed to potentially step in when he's there and he's got all the arm talent. Yeah. yeah. Listen, man, holding Gurner's out of here, man. He's, he's, I mean, if why would you stay? You haven't been given a legitimate opportunity. You haven't been groomed as if there is an intent for you to get to that opportunity. And the only time you've seen the field is in desperation time versus Texas A&M and on a double pass versus Ole Miss. That that's, that that's ba- you might as well have just ushered him to the door and said, "Hey, it's been fun. Hopefully, mm-hmm. you have a good time at whatever your next destination is." Yeah, I, uh, Holden should be out of here. He's way too talented to sit on the bench um, and not even get the opportunity uh, to develop, um, whether it's at the number two spot or in the game. So, uh, you know, they've got again a lot of these choices that they make over these next few games will reverberate into next season. Yeah. It will it, it will affect what they have to do in the portal. Um it's going to affect how many guys jump in the portal, right? Exactly. Auburn has a ton of guys who make no mistake have talent despite what people keep telling you about our wide receiver room. You know, look at these guys, look at Kobe and Tavares, Dawson and and these guys who are going to other programs and at least having decent seasons. <laughs> you know, um, and, and, and I think, that, and, and th- those guys are all still part of a wide receiver room that everybody said was terrible, Yeah, but they're better other places. And uh, I think that they can be better here. So it's just time. It's time for them to find that groove for them. Like, yeah. Uh, and th- this is, this is, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get into some of the comments with coach Hugh Freeze made here. Cause we do have some clips. Um, and I think a persistent question that has been asked amongst the fan base and was asked again of Coach Hugh Freeze was about play calling duties. Like, mm. where are we in the the maturation of that process of Coach Hugh Freeze and being the CEO versus the play caller? Uh, and this is what Coach Hugh Freeze had to say in regard to that. Um, it's uh, it's it's uh, Monty is calling the plays. Um, I obviously have input. 
And so I, I don't, I'm never one to, to sit here and say, um, to, to place blame on coaches. It's a combination. It's all of us that uh, I certainly, I listen to the plan and, and evaluate it. But, um, you know, it's, it's hard, it's harder for me than I thought with uh, the verbiage and stuff to, to be real involved in every, every, every area. I paid a lot of attention to tight red zone. Um, we've been pretty good in the red zone at times, but we're not getting there enough to, to find out if our, our plans are, are really good or not. But, um, so it's, uh, it's it's a combination. I'll jump in from time to time, as do the old line coaches and and others. And um, but but Monty is the play caller currently. So a couple of things I want to highlight from what he said. Uh, I'll start with the last word of that entire clip and phrasing, which is currently. Um, I don't know if that means hey. Yeah, he's doing it right now, but there will be a time when that is not the case or we are evaluating whether or not that will continue to be the case. But he he 100 percent said currently at the end of that, which leads me to believe in his mind. He's like right now, but that might not be the that might not be the, the, the future for real. Yeah, I think the point here is, is that he understands things are not good. Yeah. What they've tried to do over the first half of the season is project confidence even in the losses. Mm -hmm. You have reached a point in the season where you can no longer do that because there are too many data points pointing to the fact that there's a problem somewhere. And refusing to acknowledge the problem is going to have you looking delusional and, 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 and incompetent. So now he has to start to acknowledge, at least at, on some level, we got to fix it. We got to fix the play call and we have to fix the approach to the game planning with the talent that we have. All right. Find something that your players can do effectively that will work against the team that you're playing. <laughs> That's the name of the game. Yeah. The players, you know, uh, 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 you know, are not doing a lot of the things that they're installing right in practice now game flow has a lot to do with that uh something happens you react to it you you have to be somewhat fluid in college football so you can go in one, one game plan you get hit in the mouth and you got to make a decision about whether it's time you got to pivot go to plan b or stick with the plan and then just try to grind them down doing what you originally planned to do um Auburn, to me, has not shown a ton of pivot until it's been too late. You know, uh, you know, some kind of quick, I mean, they lost by a touchdown. I predicted they would lose by a touchdown. I thought this would be a close, competitive game. But really, I, I saw some people talk about the quick passing game that they mm -hmm. were calling on that drive where Thorne took them down. And they were just that was one of the questions that was asking the presser about right, have you right. considered going to that more than just late game mm -hmm. to try to. Now, I, I'm not I don't know that that works at an earlier juncture in the game because I don't know how Ole Miss defends it. But it was pretty clear at that point they were going into just don't blow this game mode defensively. Right. You know, they were in whatever college version of the prevent, you know, you want to call that. They, right. they were they were just sitting back trying to keep things in front of them and and and, and make plays and Auburn scored. And 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 that to me, that was a garbage time touchdown. No, 100 percent It's a garbage time touchdown. Uh so uh it made it made the score look close on paper, but they were not close to winning that game. And the in the second half, right? Yeah. Um, or at at that juncture, essentially, right. they were they were covering onside kick and they have like a miracle hail mary, right? right? So, and even it, with that, you still only give yourself an opportunity to go to overtime, right? Yeah. So, like this is this discussion is about finding something that works and why between two very seasoned offensive minds, they've not been able to find something that is at least somewhat effective. This is not about wins and losses, right? This is not about dubs, right, in the win column. And I want people to hear that because people are going to fire back and say, what are you expecting? It's year one. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to respond, and you're probably going to respond every time, we were expecting it to look better than this. Yeah. Some level of competency 
after six, like seven games into the season, it should look better. It shouldn't look as if we're still game one competency level on offense. Yeah. You should see it building and progressing. Progressing to some extent. And blaming the kids for why it's not progressing is a non-starter for me. So figure out something that works. You know, and and, 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 I mean, I think even a a coach with a great system understands that, you know, when you play good teams, you have to have a plan to pivot away from what you normally do if they're stopping it. You got to have plan B, man. Where is the plan B that works or the plan C or the plan D? Right. Wow, man. I'm shocked that they haven't been able to find that. So. Uh, that's one thing primarily I think that they need to fix. You got to go into this thing. You got to start looking at all options. Um, you know, again, I don't know if we're going to play the clip, but, you know, I did get a chance to ask him, um, you know, like, what do you do kind of moving forward here offensively? This is harder than you thought it was going to be. Um, you know, and he responded to me and he said, uh, at this point, Everything's under evaluation, right? Everything's under evaluation. Nothing is not under evaluation the way we look on the field. <laughs> um, so that that was an interesting comment to me. So uh, that's encouraging. That's actually an encouraging comment to me. Yeah. Go back to the drawing board, man, and try to figure it out. Like um, this is what made the bye week so disappointing, right? It was, damn, you guys had two weeks to prepare. You came out and you looked just as flat as you did before the bye week, right? Offensively, that against a terrible defense statistically, that, that was very disappointing. You know, yeah. now my hopes that they'll figure it out without another week to prepare is very low. Not saying they can't do it, but God, man, you got to give fan, fan the fans showed up for this coach on Saturday for sure. Like the fans showed up for this coach on Saturday. They showed up. They were loud. They showed out. They created a raucous environment. They recre- created a great environment for recruits, and Auburn has to start to do their part. They do yeah. for fans and players alike. Yeah. The other portion of what he said during this clip, though, that I wanted to 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 at least comment on, and then we're going to move on to the second clip that we have was uh, it seems to be uh, by committee that they're coming up with this mesh of whatever it is. And all of these minds together, he's like, you know, such and such has input and this person has input and, you know, and I approve the plan. So he did say solidified, you know, hey, listen, yes, I have gone in and approved whatever the plan was that we decided to go and execute. So any misgivings about what the plan is, that definitely um, has a place in Coach Hugh Freeze's mind. And not during this clip, but what he said, I thought that was interesting, though, was he still struggles to step in and make adjustments during the game because he doesn't have the terminology down himself. And I wonder if coach freeze doesn't have the terminology down himself, how difficult has it been for players to pick up a new system? If the head coach is who that's his his entire job in life over the last, however many years has been offensive play calling has struggled to step in and pick up terminology stuff so that he can pivot on the fly. Like how difficult is this terminology? Is it just because he's so used to one thing, but then, you know, I have to think maybe that's an issue with Peyton Thorne too, right? Maybe he came in and he's struggling to pick up terminology changes from like, I don't know, but that, that to me was interesting that he's still in that same spot. Yeah. Um, but you had some guys here who went through the spring and may, may have had a head jump, you had started in, in that regard. Um, so you decide to play the guy you bring in out to the spring. And of course, it's a problem. Yeah. Right. You had to anticipate that to at least to some extent, or maybe they thought it would not be an issue for a young man with his, his type of experience. Either way, you got to find something that works uh, over these last few games. Um, you've got some teams that. Uh, Arkansas and Mississippi State just played a 7-3 game. Yeah, it was it was disgusting. Man, you got to find a way to win those two games and 
Vanderbilt and New Mexico State, and then you got a seven-win season. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. As as terrible as this season has looked, man, you can salvage it in the win in the win column. Uh, win column, right? yeah, like, right. Forget what the play like. You could win ugly in those four games, and your win loss record for this season is still going to look decent. Yeah, um, just win them. Figure yeah. it out. Uh, we 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 can conceivably still have a lot of questions. Yeah. Even, offensively, even if they they finish with seven wins, uh, but mm, you know they, it would. I think it would go a long way into holding this recruiting class together. I think they rank like seventeenth right now, um, as well as helping you re-recruit the guys that you have that you definitely want to stay on. Yeah, right. Because there are guys that you definitely want to stay here and not consider going elsewhere. Listen, um, you know, I know that there's a lot of people who are like, there's not a lot of talent on this team and they need to clean house. Uh, I, I'd be careful <laughs> in, in wishing for the clean house because some people might get swept under out of the, the door that you don't want to leave um, if you're in that sort of position. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> uh, but let's uh, go to the last clip that we have here and talking about ways that they want to improve or, or really changes that we saw this past Saturday. And it was about having packages, right? Uh, different things for different quarterbacks. Let's hear Coach Hugh Freeze's comments on that. Yeah, I don't think it, they're doing two different things, truthfully. Um, and in the packages, whether that's smart or not, I don't know. We, we got to figure that out. We obviously think, think it is or have thought it is. But um, when they're doing two different things, I don't think that's an issue. I mean, they, they're really confident in what you do. Here's your package. Get really confident with that. It's not like we're, uh, we're, we're asking one to go do the whole game plan right now between because there's two distinctively different packages. So – Coach Free says that nobody has the entire playbook right now, and it is an attempt to get them more confident with the portion in which they're being asked to do, right? They want to instill confidence, and he's like, hey, listen, I, I don't know whether or not that's a very good idea, but that's the idea that we came up with, which is, all right, you're going to have this package of, of stuff, you're going to have this package of stuff, and nobody is going to be asked to do everything. You're just going to come in and do uh, this portion of it. That feels like this feels more like what everybody says. If you have two quarterbacks, you don't have. Yeah, but you have none. Yeah, this, right. this 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 feels we're we're dipping further into that bag at this point in time where you're like, hey, we really have two different playbooks here, and we we got the Robbie playbook and we've got the Peyton playbook. And neither of them are being asked to do everything. I don't know how I feel about that. Well, actually, yeah. I do know how I feel about it. I don't like it very much. Yeah, <laughs> I, I would do. I do, I, do, I do not like this very much. Um, pick a quarterback, commit to him, try to figure out you know what they do well, and run your offense. Um, the marriage between the packages that they have for these quarterbacks. I mean, that's that comment is maybe even a little more concerning given how little they've let Peyton Thorne throw the ball. Given how little either of them, like it doesn't seem as if the Peyton Thorne package includes a ton of throws. And it's almost as if Robbie's package doesn't include any. Like, yeah, it's like, pretty it, much just deep from, shot and yeah. run the ball. Like that's it. I, I think I'm this is I haven't looked at this, but like off the top of my head, it seems like proportionately to, to game time, they're throwing the ball an equal amount. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. <laughs> right. So um, which means neither is throwing very much proportionate to how much time they're playing. Right. That. Blows my mind a little bit. I just I'm shocked that they don't have more throws for these quarterbacks. Yeah. Here's the problem with these packages for either quarterback is is that neither of them gets the quarterback in a groove. You go and the way you call in plays certainly does not. And at the end of the game, in tight games, the team with the quarterback that can throw is gonna win. That's what we saw. We saw Jackson Dart slices up at the end of the game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and 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 they gave him enough throws during the game that I'm sure they felt pretty confident they could complete passes when they needed to. 
when the game was on the line. That's exactly what they did. Um, I, I don't think you can throw the ball at the clip that Auburn is throwing it right now and ex- reasonably expect the quarterback to pull a rabbit out of his hat on a final drive. It's going to be difficult. Listen, yeah, all right. as, as admirable as I think Peyton Thorne played at the end of the game versus Ole Miss, to your point, they had shifted their defensive philosophy to just let you can let them get the underneath stuff, just no deep shots. If they score, make them take a whole bunch of time to do it. So, yeah, a little dink and dunk stuff, no problem. We're not going to put a lot of pressure on there because we don't want to give up big plays. And fine. Uh, but it's going to be difficult when the defense is still in full attack mode for a not just the quarterback, but the entire offense to now figure out how to do something that we haven't really repped during the game at any point before that with any level of proficiency. Mm. That's difficult. That's di- I don't care how, yeah. how talented you are. I don't the most talented quarterbacks in the world. If you were to go ask whatever quarterback you feel like is the best quarterback out there in college football right now to just come in and rescue a game having not thrown any passes, that's going to be difficult. Now, the most talented quarterback in college football probably could do that. Right. But 85% of the quarterbacks in the league not going to be able to just come in and start throwing the ball all over the yard having not done it at all during the game. That's difficult. It's yeah. just, it's not easy, and I don't know if it's a prudent strategy to ask these two quarterbacks who neither of have proven they can be proficient as passers to do that. And you certainly don't want to go put redshirt freshman guy in and have him go out there and rescue your game in that way. Right. Yeah. I would, I would just, I'll end by saying, look, um, people will argue receivers aren't open. That's not true. That's that's pointedly untrue. I've pointed it out many times on film. When we do our film review for this game, I will show you receivers that are open while the quarterback has protection. That is not, this is going to happen when Robbie's in the game. This is going to happen when Peyton Thornton. It's just not a true statement. The wide receivers are getting open consistently. They just are. Yeah. uh, Scheme something the quarterbacks can see. You know, uh, it's going to be that's just very interesting to me. Um, but I'm telling you, a rebuttal that people are saying, you know, wide receivers are open or or they're not running great routes or they're not getting separation. Um, and, you know, that may be true sometimes, but certainly not as much. It's not the reason Auburn can't throw the ball. Yes. Um, at, at least a little better than what they're doing right now. Um, it's just not. Uh, so that might be the reason that they don't do well on a single drive. But overall, Payne Thorne is throwing the ball 30. Like, you know, it's not just his like his attempts are down over what he averaged at Michigan State. That's not about like, you know, he's not he's not getting the opportunity. His dropbacks are down. So when people say, well, you know, they're not open, that's why he's not throwing it. No, well, that's also not exactly true because he's not dropping back as much as he did at Michigan State. They just gave him more dropbacks, more attempts. And to be clear, you can have a drop back without an attempt, which is why I mentioned the dropback statistic. How many times does a quarterback take a snap and is expecting to throw? Yeah. So so you can you can have the same amount of dropbacks, right? Without you inc- you have an increase in dropbacks without necessarily an increase in attempts if you're not actually attempting to throw the ball or you get sacked. Sure. Right. Uh my point is is that both are down. Dropbacks yeah. and attempts are down for this young man. And he's always been a sixty something percent passer. So if he's going to stick at that low sixties clip and and you're going to give him fewer attempts, you're gonna have less offense. You're yeah. going to produce less offense. Yeah. He would have, incre- have to increase his per- uh, completion percentage to like 70-something. And that's, you know, that's where maybe your receivers come into play in helping him, right? Is is that, you know, if they can win a bunch of 50-50 balls, then, you know, that percentage and, and yardage number looks better. But if you don't have a bunch of guys that can do that, you need to call different offense. 
right? And you need to give him more opportunities to throw it and find a way to run more plays, right? Like, you know, um, there's no way, man, you're telling me these these guys can't complete five-yard hitches and outs. Yeah. Come on, man, like basic like football throws. They're not really called. And listen, most of the time when they're asked to do those things, they're getting completions on those things. They're just not being asked to do them, in my opinion, frequently enough. um, And or they're not pulling the trigger on them when they're available. So we've got to figure out this offensive stuff and figure out how to get some solidified, move the ball down the field and figure out how to drive the ball into the red zone, which he said he admits we have not done enough uh, in it because we our red zone percentage is pretty good, but we haven't gotten it to the red zone enough in order to be able to execute some of the stuff that they have available in the red zone. Yep. And that's about producing some competent football on multiple drives during the game. Wool Report family, you are listening to The Morning Drop, where we talk about the most recent and relevant Auburn sports news. We broadcast live from the Wool Report's YouTube channel on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 Central Time. You're welcome to come watch it live, but the live chat is reserved for our YouTube channel members only. So come on by, become a member, and get active in the best Auburn sports community on the webs. We'll be right back after we pay a couple bills. Thanks for sticking around through the ad break. Now here's the rest of your morning drop. Speaking of great people, we have them right now in our live chat, and they are dropping some uh, opinions about what's going on themselves. We're going to start our chat conversation with Prince underscore major, who says, if we had a competent offense, we would likely only have one loss. Maybe. Maybe I think I think maybe you still have three losses with a competent offense. Uh, but either way, you definitely get one of these four that you lost. Yeah, I think I think yeah, common offense offense. You get one of the four. Right. Likely Ole Miss. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think the Ole Miss game. Yeah, it's uh, probably the, I think it's probably the best defensive performance overall, even though there are some very glaring spots where the defense played poorly. Um, I think if they're aided by a cushion of some points in those scenarios, we walk out of there with a victory. I would agree. Yeah. Stephen Riley jumps in and says, I, I don't know. Coach shoe freeze acts like we have a bunch of two star guys on the roster. Uh, 50% blue chippers. Yeah. I mean, that's, this is kind of my point. Yeah. Like these kids didn't suddenly forget how to play football. Like, come on, man. You may not be deep, but at the one, you're just as talented as most teams in this league. Mm-hmm. Get it together. Um, at the one deep, Auburn is just as talented as most teams in the league. You may not be able to compete with like Georgia and LSU and those guys who've got, you know, a much higher blue chip ratio. But man, like Ole Miss, bro, you know, these ne- this next stretch of games will tell a story. They got no business losing to the likes of Mississippi State. And Arkansas, they just they do not. Um, I think I put Arkansas in the toss column. Uh, uh, I, th- I don't remember where. I oh had. yeah, I believe I had Arkansas in the toss column. Uh, Mississippi State was definitely in the boss column. So come on, man, help 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 a brother out. <laughs> Go out there, beat Mississippi State, and and put a green check on Arkansas, and, and this season looks a lot different. Absolutely. Haley jumps in and says, pretty sure the OC will be out at the end of the season. Yeah. Not going to lie. starting to. I I thought maybe he could survive it. It's I think every week that passes, I lose my confidence that we will have Philip Montgomery as the offensive coordinator at the end of this year. Yeah. Look, every week that goes by that Auburn fails to get 300 yards of total offense, it's going to be real rough. That's going to be rough for him. So uh, if you go back and you look at it, right, um, I got some numbers here. You know, versus Ole Miss, um, you were sitting on 275 yards of offense. <laughs> Remember when we predicted these games and I was like, uh, like I think they'll do a little better than their average at the time. It was like 337. They've been trending down every game um, against LSU the week before. You only put up 293 yards of offense. Um, this is, this is historic. I mean, this is bad. Um, and hear me out in today's college football. Now you put up three Oh seven. You just barely broke that mark against Georgia. Um, 
But in today's college football, it has never been easier to play offense as it is now. The rules have are so scoring friendly. Um, you know, Auburn, man, only 200 yards of offense versus Texas A&M. So three out of four games, you you don't break 300 yards of offense. And then one you barely do. And the other one, you almost don't even hit 200. Right. I need people to understand from a power five standpoint, this is historically bad. Yeah, like, listen, we we ran through the numbers yesterday on the drop about where we rank in the season uh, on offense. And it is it's it's not good. Like there's I mean, there's there's no way to spin this into being good. And this bad, this level of bad is not a talent issue. I'm sorry, like you can be a middling program and blame it on talent. Right. If you're in the 60s and 70s nationally, if you're in the middle of the conference, you can say oh, we just don't have the talent to be sub 100 out of 132 programs to be in the bottom 100 or lower, that's not just talent that's doing that, right? Like, I get that we don't have the talent to be a national championship contending team. We're not going to be in the college football playoff. We've tipped into the other end of the spectrum here where it's not talent that's the issue at this point in time. And I just want people to stop trying to say, well, he doesn't have the talent. He doesn't have the talent to be to compete for a title. But he does have the talent to look better than this. Right. That's just a fact. Um, Miller House jumps in and says, it's hard to believe that recruits will fix all of the offensive issues is what we're just talking about. When we see other young men successful at other P5 programs once they leave Auburn. So people leave Auburn and they're able to be successful. It's not an issue of talent. It's an issue that we aren't putting the talent we have in an optimal position to be successful. Right. And that's clear because they go other places and they're successful. You're not telling me they got groomed to be great and then they went to Auburn. Uh, excuse me, they left Auburn and now all of a sudden this is their time for – no, they, they were put in better positions in this other places. And maybe some of those places they're surrounded by better talent, but that is not the case for all of these young men being surrounded by better talent where they're going. They're just going to places that are allowing them to flourish in their skill set better than what Auburn had placed them in. And again, now that problem is not a Coach Hugh Freeze problem. That predates Coach Hugh Freeze. Right. It's still a problem for Auburn, though, and it's one that we had hoped – Coach Hugh Freeze would be changing that narrative around. And through seven games, it has not looked that way. It definitely has not looked that, that way, right? Like I said, um, the other Power Five program, again, speaking strictly from a Power Five standpoint, um, in Auburn's, one of Auburn's worst seasons, which I, I believe 2012, Ike, um, three and nine fired the coach. They were averaging 266 yards a game for the season. Right. Um, the numbers that we're looking at are bolstered by two very weak power five, not power five, non power five games. But so far through SEC play, they're only averaging 255 yards. I'm sorry, power five play mm-hmm. there because I'm counting Cal. They're only averaging 255 yards a game. Yikes, man. They are absolutely trending to be worse statistically. Like right now, if the averages hold, they are. They're on pace to, to to have fewer yards than they did in 2012, right? In 2012, again, the three and nine season, they had 5,000 yards of total offense right before. They're on pace for about 4,000 yards of total offense this year. Um, but if the trend continues, they may get less than 3,600 yards of total offense, which would rival last year's disaster. Right. So it's 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 got to be one of those things, man, where you're thinking, God, you can't score. You can't move the ball. What can you figure out that you can do with the guys that you have? Yeah, I mean, that's 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 the challenge that they have right now, trying mm-hmm. to figure it out for the remainder of this year. Two hundred and fifty five yards per game and power five play. Wow, that's abysmal. Uh, Teresa Vigil says the problem with the packages uh, that way is we uh, that's the way that we end up third and one with a QB switch, waste a time out or get a penalty and have to switch the package that happened uh, during this last game. And that was <laughs> yeah. frustrating. Uh, yeah. we, we were third and one and then they brought another package in, and then we get a procedural penalty because they didn't sub it out correctly. Correctly. Yeah. The penalty. I thought did somebody ask him about that in the postgame? 
Uh, no, I don't believe. So. Yeah, it was. I oh, there wasn't really. I, I I didn't ask it because I didn't have a question to ask. It would have sounded more like a statement, like. Like, hey, man, that was pretty stupid, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> right. That's how it would have sounded, which is why I didn't ask it. But that was pretty stupid, wasn't it? I, like, it didn't what? make a ton of sense to me. I yeah, you, you, you switched the player out. And I, I, well, think that, that, they, like I said, they had to do this is why the packages thing is crazy, because you had to do wholesale changes. It's not like you're just subbing the quarterback in mm-hmm. and you're going to keep that same package of players in there you've mm-hmm. got to change the quarterback the running backs and the wide receivers the tight ends everybody's it's a it's a hockey line change the only thing that's staying in there is the offensive line and you're giving them time to adjust right. what, what was that man like yeah. dude that was that was one of the worst things i've seen um it was it, it I, I, a, a lot of people up in the box were groaning at the change mm-hmm. the timing of the change and then you get a penalty and it solidifies what like the why. Yeah. Like why do that right there, man? And you're giving them time to you know, they have to get time to sub and adjust and take a All look right. at what you're doing. They should have had something ready to go there. I I'm sorry. You know, and this is why people are like, who's calling this? Is this Freeze or Montgomery? Right. He talked about the things during his press conference that he had his hand in. But man, I'd love to know who like who's who's owning that one. Yeah. <laughs> That's definitely a good question to ask. Uh, Corey Weber asks or says Robbie may know the entire offense, but they damn sure are, are not calling the entire playbook when he's in. That's I don't right. know how much of the offense Robbie knows because we haven't seen him run that offense. So I think he knows more than what we're seeing. If he doesn't, then that's an indictment on Robbie. Uh, oh, right, right, right. Because yeah. Robbie's been here since the spring. So sure. there's no reason why he should not know a larger portion of the offense than some sub package because he hasn't been running sub package this entire time. Yeah, I just don't see it. I don't see a reasonable scenario where he doesn't know more of this offense. Now, these guys have been playing football their whole life, man. You know how many pro- programs were recruiting Robbie Ashford and Payne Thorne and all these guys, and you're telling me suddenly they get here and they can't absorb information? No, man. No, I'm not buying it for I'm I'm not buying it for Thorne or Ashford. I'm just not buying it. Yeah. I'm not buying it. You know, and he and he did to his credit, he said they got to coach it better and, and, and what whatnot. But yeah, figure out, you know, these guys are not the they're not the the whole issue. <laughs> yeah. Um, couple more here and we'll get out of here. Larry McMullen jumps in and says Utah did a true QB competition better than any team this year. Listen, this is something the past two off seasons we have gotten on here and we've said, oh, we finally have a quarterback competition at Auburn. <laughs> and for the past two years, we have been 100 percent incorrect about that. This has not been a true QB competition, because if it had been, there's no reason to go to this sub package thing where one person only has a portion of it. The other if it's a true competition at quarterback, then if it's not being effective, you put the other guy in and you'd let him run the system. Yep. Facts. We have not had a true QB competition yet at Auburn University. (laughs) We won it so bad every year. We're like, yes, see, these guys competed. (laughs) The season starts. I was like, well, maybe it wasn't as much a competition as we thought. Yeah. (laughs) Halo 2 King says, the Halo 2 King says, the wasted practices implementing two separate offensive schemes is causing the offensive ineptitude. I think it's part of it. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely post. by week been a bigger reality. I think, you know, the sub pack again, I don't have an issue with sub packages. Right. And that's, I think that's normal for most offenses where it's Mm -hmm. like, all right, cool. We have a short distance package, a short yardage package, and maybe we sub the quarterback. I mean, cause people go wildcat. There are everybody. And coach, you free says that everybody has sub packages for certain scenarios. That's not my problem. Uh, the problem having a, but two separate essential playbooks where it's like, all right, cool. Well, Robbie's in. So we know we're running, you know, two, three tight end packages or we're running, you know, 30, uh, 22 and 13 personnel stuff. And we're only going to run this route tree like or and now Peyton Thorne's in and we're going to spread it out and we're going to go to three wide receivers and uh, 11 put like that right there. Number one, it's predictable. Offenses automatically know, okay, Peyton's in the game. You're going to get this package and you're going to get this combination of potential plays. Robbie's in the game. You're going to get this package and this combination of potential plays. It makes it where you can predict essentially what where they're going with the football. And you only have to think now about these few things. Um, and to the point 
it it doesn't feel like it's productive for a pra- how do you run a practice like that? All right, right. All right. It's Robbie, Robbie right. practice time. Peyton, you can go back to the locker room. You're done for the day. We ran your plays. Now we're gonna run Robbie's plays. Uh everybody who's not involved in the 13 personnel, uh practice it like what are you what how how is that an effective use of your time? And again, what the heck is Holden Gurner doing during all of this? Is he just sitting on the sideline twiddling his thumbs? Oh man. Uh I have some stories we'll tell after the season, but yes. <laughs> uh Jonathan Boyson, I've asked for a few n- weeks now. Why doesn't he let Caddy do more in the recruiting and Hugh work on the offense since Caddy is associate head coach? Good question. I don't know what Caddy's doing as far as recruiting is concerned and what portion of uh his time is devoted to that, considering they've already, I think, locked in on a running back for this season and they have one in the pipeline for next season, whether he is focused on just getting the running game in or I don't know. I, I listen. Yeah. I don't know. There was an article written recently. I don't remember who wrote it and what site it was on, but it was talking about Hugh Freeze talking about how much time he spends recruiting on game day and like in general. Um, And I think that there is an argument to be made that, there could be a division of responsibility that sees him taking care of more day-to-day things, especially in season, than he is currently. Look, man, recruiting is important. It is. Yeah. But like, like we said, running a competent offense and winning is also an important part of recruiting. It is, right? Um, you think like, Nick Saban doesn't have to go into a recruit's home and sell a bunch of bull. Yeah, listen. We're Alabama. We win. This kind of is in the same place. Nate yeah. Williams is saying nobody wants to play for a losing program. Start right. winning and the recruits will recruits follow. Will follow. That's it. That's literally it. Win games and show you know what you're doing and then still do all those other things. But maybe if you win, you don't have to do those things as much. <laughs> right. But I get it. I love the energy around recruiting. I do. Yeah, it's wonderful. I do. But you owe it to your team now to give them the focus and attention that they deserve because they're playing for you now. I'm going to say that again. You owe them the focus and attention that they deserve because they're playing for you now. And if I gave my last year of eligibility eligibility to this coach, this is shit. Give me a break. You wait. I mean, we get you get so few opportunities. You guys have heard us talk about, you know, why we're so hard on the quarterback position is is because guys, there are really good guys who never get a shot due to politics or star ratings or, or whatever. Bad evaluation bad decisions by coaches. When you do get your shot, you have to take advantage of the few opportunities that you get on the field, barring injury. You do. So at the end of the day, what it boils down to for this staff is help these guys take advantage of those small amount of opportunities. You know, a former Auburn staffer told me, he said, we... Mike, we spend a thousand hours from January to August for what amounts to about 40 hours of football in the fall. A thousand hours to prepare for 40. And you need to maximize those 40 hours, man. That's it. That's the most important thing. That's what you spend all your time recruiting and preparing for. And if you can't do that, it's going to affect the other. Yeah. So they've got to do it, man. They owed it to these kids, man. I've just spent a little bit of time here because I feel like nobody's advocating for them. They're just shitting on a mic. They can't catch. They can't run routes. They can't do this. They're not. They're not good. I'm calling bull. This was their last season of eligibility for a lot of these kids. You and I sat down and we went through the list of like guys who can't come back. Right. And they decided list. They they decided to come here and put the A and the U on their chest and play for you, man. You owed it to them. You owed it to them to to put something competent that people could believe in, that they could believe in, that they could showcase their talent. This isn't it. Yep. And I know that coaches aren't perfect people. 
But I'm not going to sit here and make excuses for a bunch of millionaires who are getting paid. Yes, my excuses are going to be for the kids looking for their shot, looking to get out of where they're at, man. Looking to change their families' lives. Come on, man. You owed it to them. Do better. Do better for these kids on the field. This was this wasn't it, man. This wasn't fair to them. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know any measure of fairness for what we've displayed this far. And again, I get it. You know, we don't feel as if these guys are top tier talents. Right. But that's no excuse for a piss poor product. Yeah. It's just it's not I think those are actually worlds apart. Not about W's. It's not about W's. Yeah. I, I want to stress that because somebody's going to hear that whole rant and they'll go back and say, what were you guys expecting in year one? We were expecting it to look better than this. Yeah. We were expecting to see an immediate impact in terms of the coach's effect on a kid's ability to be able to go out and perform. A coach's effect, you know, motivating guys to go out and do their best. That's what we were looking for. <laughs> That's it. It may not have translated to wins on the field. But you could find small blessings, man, in year one, even when you're losing. Right. And and the closeness of some of these games is an argument that the talent is not as bad. Correct. As you're blaming. They do have the talent to hang in these games. They did have the talent to hang with Georgia. They had a talent to fight Ole Miss for most of last night. It's just, again, when your talent is not abundant, a B says this all the time, Mike. He says, look, man, Saban can afford to not be the best game day coach. Right. Because he's got five star tech. Kirby has built the same situation. They start, they started slow almost every game this season until Beck started to pick it up. Right. But they built that luxury through recruiting. And I'm telling you, though, in the beginning years of them taking over those programs, they looked better than this. They had dysfunction at time, but those guys were able to build something in year one that you could clearly build on. I'm not sure that Hugh Freeze has done that. And that's two. And the and the ones that lose the most are the kids. Yeah. The young men who decided to come here and play for Auburn. They're the ones who lose the most. He can do a bit, bad job, get fired, walk away 30 mil. Good for you, man. Listen, get your bag. But you know what? Maybe while you're getting your bag, help these other guys get their bag, too. Yeah. And listen, he's got five games left to change the trajectory That's of right. all of this. And so hopefully it begins this weekend. All right. We're going to get out of here, man. We're going to uh, let you guys get on with your day. We got plenty more to talk about. We are out of here until the next time. And as always, we're equal. Drive!